Are you trying to start a podcast but are struggling with the process? Well, you're in the right place now. Contact one of us at Across the Board Sports and we can help you get started through Anchor. We're looking for more podcasters and the best place to do your show is on Anchor. It is the easiest way to distribute your podcast on all major platforms and it's the most user-friendly website. Contact us and let's begin. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome inside the latest edition of Across the Cavs. It is a new month, May the 1st, the year 2020. Definitely a weird year to say the least. No new sports, very little on the front of Cavalier news, but still plenty to look forward to, plenty to be excited about. And in the realm of basketball, I mean, we haven't had any games since March the 10th, I believe it was, and that stinks. It's terrible. The only bright side, perhaps, being if the regular season were to come to an end and when the league eventually, hopefully, comes back, that Vince Carter got a proper send-off. But there's been a horse competition. There were jokes about the quality of the footage. Was it too grainy? Was it really worth it? I thought it was fantastic entertainment, good television. Mike Conley and Zach Levine having a great battle in the finals. WNBA star shooter Ellie Quigley beating Chris Paul. Definitely exciting. And overall, you know, seeing Paul Pierce for the full-on Celtics court in California. Almost got a scooter shot. We didn't get it, but that was fun. The 2K tournament was also a good time. Can't believe how long ago. I think this was three, four weeks ago already. But definitely enjoyable to see a lot of the players bantering and talking openly for the first time with one another in the public eye. Obviously, no new games, so we're not going to see any of this communication elsewhere. Definitely enjoyed that. And we're going to see what ends up happening. The Big Three quarantine tournament. Haven't heard much on that front recently. Hopefully, that ends up happening, giving us some exciting 3v3. Uh, You know... There's always scenarios being floated out. Disney World, uh, shout out Keith Smith. Hopefully he finds his opportunity to get his writing job. He's been looking for a while. Wrote a great piece on why Disney World could be a destination for the NBA. It would be very funny to see the league all just pushed into one city. It would make sense for many reasons for that to be the case. You know, We'll see what ends up happening, but you know, there's plenty of ways to stay busy. You know, Get your 2K in. You know, Fox Sports Ohio is always showing old games. I'm going through highlight after highlight, making new Twitter threads every other day. Today, it's Kevin Porter Jr. And it's definitely been fun, you know, to watch these highlights. It'd be great to get new ones, new clips. And it's going to happen soon. You know, basketball will eventually come back. And when it does, you know, we're all going to be ready. We're hungry for it. It's May 1st, and there's no NBA basketball. Because two years ago today, the Cavs took out Toronto in that first in that second round game. Now, you know... There's no game. So anyway, back to KPJ talking about what is his ceiling. He does a lot of good. Kevin Porter Jr. has had some wonderful games. And just right off the bat, he came into the year struggling with that outside shot, not shooting it with confidence. He had a 6-3 game against Houston, a 5-3 game against the Pelicans, a 4-3 game against Miami in a win. And overall, 13 games of multiple threes. The fact is, he doesn't have to be a knockdown shooter, but in certain games, he's proven he can be. And that's huge for his development. When you have the, a handle like Kevin Porter Jr. and you can create space, step back threes can become a huge part of his arsenal. And he doesn't need to be as dynamic with it 
as, say, Luka Doncic or, or old, old pal Kyrie. You just need to be able to hit it at all. And it's probably something he's going to continue to work on and show. I mean, look at his scoring ability. He's had 20 points on three occasions, three games we just mentioned, when his threes were going. New Orleans, Houston, Miami. Overall, he scored in double figures in 21 of 50 games. And his, his role isn't going to be to be a feature scorer for the Cavs. He'll be a scorer and probably a better one than Jetty's been able to be in the starting small forward spot. But if he can just get to his spot and score like that, he can be fantastic for the Cavs. And I, I can't really think of any comparisons around the league at this moment but he can score he's shown that his ability to finish in traffic to dunk over guys makes him the crowd pleaser the player that's going to get everybody revved up and out of their seats throughout the game i I made a random prediction he's going to have more than four poster dunks on the show right after the season started for across the Cavs. he crushed that number I think there were as many times as that where he dunked over two guys. I mean, the only issue I have with KP is in that game against Philly. Cavs were down by, I think, 40, 35 or 40, early fourth. Dunked all over him. The Sixers announcers were just calling him out for celebrating a dunk down by that much. Maybe that's just, you know, he's a rookie. He had a great moment. I don't hold any bit of that against him. Ended up losing that game by 24. But KP's had some fantastic moments. He picks his spots. He's going to be a great playmaker along with Colin Sexton for the Cavs for the many years to come. Next time the Cavs make the playoffs, Kevin Porter will be a feature player on the team. He plays great defense as well. He's a good perimeter defender, especially for a rookie. He had 10 games with multiple steals. It's not He doesn't need to block shots per se, although it always helps when a wing guy can do that. He blocked two shots on three occasions, and they won two of those three games. Happened against Indiana twice and once against the Wizards. And, you know, the Cavs tend to play well when he had a net a positive net rating. There were 15 games where Kevin Porter Jr. had a positive plus-minus. The Cavs went 10-5 and five in those contests. So, obviously, when your best players have a positive net rating on the court, you're going to win. But it's great to see for a rookie like KPJ still finding his footing, they could go 10-5 and five when he has a positive net rating. So... He's going to be fantastic for Cleveland for the years to come and look forward to seeing his next game, seeing what how he improves on what he's already done so well. And we have enough of a sample size, 50 games. The 19, There was an NBA season, I think it was the 98-99 season, lockout shortened, they played 50, so he played a full season of that time. Anyway, really missing Jordan Clarkson. And this isn't the fact that the Cavs are... This isn't, this isn't to say the Cavs got worse when they traded Jordan, which they kind of did, just a little bit. But I just just miss what he brings. You know, Tampa, Florida native, went to high school in Texas. He was a second-round pick by the Wizards, immediately traded to the Lakers. He broke out immediately, averaged 12 as a rookie, then 16 in his second year. He came in the league as a point guard, played shooting guard ever since. He just scored for the Cavs. And he was doing it for, he was averaging more points, believe it or not, on a loaded Utah team with the likes of Mitchell, Donovan Mitchell, Boyan Bogdanovich, and all-star Rudy Gobert than he did in Cleveland. A full additional point. And only one more shot attempt. I thought he was a great fit for them, but for the Cavs last year, he played in 81 games. He averaged 17 points. Sixth man of the year candidate obviously didn't win. He averaged 13 off the Cavs bench when he first got there. Maybe the, the best bench score they had traded for since they got Philip Murray, who was actually a starter 
during his days in Cleveland. But J.C. was just a great bucket getter. He hit big ones. He was a very good passer, which he never got enough credit for, and he ran the break well. So just missing Jordan Clarkson because of his ability to create his own shot and get hot. Colin Sexton proved after they got rid of Clarkson that he can be that guy every night. And the January, February, March part of the season, Colin was nuts. But Jordan Clarkson definitely opened things up. There were times where he got into Jordan Clarkson time and shot a few too many times. But he is a bucket waiting to be had. And the way he can uh, slice up the defenders, get to the rim, smooth mid-range game, gorgeous floater, second to only Matty Dellavedova, in my humble opinion, IMHO. Love what he brought. Very happy to see him thriving in Utah because that is a guy that wants to win. He just had, he just wasn't a good fit while LeBron was here. That's why as soon as he gets tra- as he goes to L.A., Clarkson comes in and becomes the scoring machine that we saw him to be in L.A. And whether or not he was playing with Kobe or D'Lo, Julius Randle, Larry Nance over there, whatever it is, and he's been he was solid for the Cavs. And it was great to see him get traded with Larry so they can stay together. But Utah has a very good baller in uh, baller in Jordan Clarkson. Is he going to sign there next year? Unclear. Does he enjoy being a sixth man or does he miss starting games? Not sure. He has not started at all since he left L.A. So it's going to be curious to see what happens with Clarkson in the future, where he goes next season. Could stick with Utah. It's a good fit. They have a great coach. But just missing him in Cleveland now, so I wanted to uh, do a segment on him. The fact that he averaged 17 a game last year. He had a 40-burger. He had a great farewell against Memphis this year, helping the Cavs to a win. Just wish him all the best. And uh, definitely hope that he has an opportunity to play for another championship. All right. Now, what is going to happen with Kevin Love and Andre Drummond? So, Andre obviously has a player option for about $28 million going into the summer. Whether or not he opts in to be seen in eight games with the Cavs and 28 minutes of action per, per shot 55%. He averaged 18 points, 12 rebounds, two assists, two steals, and a block and a half. The concerning number is the 3.6 turnovers, but he tries to do a little too much playmaking, so, you know, it's going to happen. And Kevin Love was averaging 18 points, 10 rebounds, and three assists a game this year. Shooting splits of 45, 37, 85. Not bad at all. The only issue with Kevin Love is that he shot more threes than twos per contest. They didn't go to him in the low post enough. I mean, there were games he got hot. His bank shot's still working. Whether or not Kevin Love comes back is all about a trade. Are they going to trade him? Are they going to look to move up in the draft? Does anyone want that three-year, 90-plus million dollar contract that he has left? I mean, he's not exactly old. He'll turn 32 in next September. So I think he still has a lot to offer so many organizations. People think the contract's too expensive. You know, maybe that's true. Probably is true. But he's still producing. People also said that Kyle Lowry... When he got the $30 million a year contract in Toronto, that that was too expensive. They wouldn't have won the chip last year without him by any means. So just just noting that Kevin Love can be a great third option or second option somewhere. At this point in his career, I don't think he can be an alpha on a playoff team. I don't think he's really the Cavs alpha. I think he's their second best player. I think Colin is basically at that best player status. With the way he was producing and leading, he led them in shot attempts. He was shooting 
His assist numbers are starting to go up. He has overall shooting splits of 47, 38, 85. Basically a little higher than Kevin. And I hope Love doesn't get traded. He shares an agent with Drummond. He's been great. He had that, there was that one game where he just got a little mad. He chucked a pass at his teammate. He was looking uh, annoyed at Colin. They've made up. It was just a lapse in judgment. And he just happens to be on national TV. And everything he does is under a microscope. Examined. Like in biology class. You know. So. Love what he brings. Hope he stays. Andre. I think he's going to opt in. I think Tristan's gone after a great Cavs tenure. He averaged a double-double this year. Part of the ring. It was one half of the draft brothers along with Kyrie back in 2011. Tristan's still only 28. He grew up a Cav. He switched shooting hands, developed a jump shot of sorts, became an okay free throw shooter, and he played every role. Started at the four, started at the five, backup four, backup five. You know, you name it. Score. Just a, he was kind of the Dennis Rodman of the Cavs. No one compares to what Rodman did at his size and how he rebounded for Chicago. But every time Tristan went for an offensive rebound, you felt confident he was going to get it. He was averaging four per game this year. He's a beast on the offensive glass. He extends so many possessions. So wherever he goes, I wish him luck. But I think Andre and Kevin will start the season in Cleveland next year. Now finishing it off, looking at the Cavaliers draft history. And if you take a look at every guy they got in the 2000s, they might have had the worst decision makers of all 30 NBA teams. So 2011, they were pretty busy. They got Tristan Thompson, Justin Harper, Milan, Makovin from Serbia, and Kyrie. That was good. 2012, Deion Waiters, Jared Cunningham, Jay Crowder, Bernard James. For some reason, they traded three picks, the picks of Cunningham, Crowder and James just to get Tyler Zeller. I'm still a little confused about that. Jay Crowder would obviously come back to the Cavs. 2013, a lot of whiffs here. Anthony Bennett, Alan Crabb, who got traded. Sergei Karasov at 19, and Carrick Felix, who only lasted one year in the league. He came back four years later in D.C. 2014, they got Wiggins number one. He was traded for Kevin Love and Joe Harris, who did not have much of a fair shake in Cleveland. 2015... They got Joseph Devers from the University of Maryland, who has not played in the NBA, and Tyus Jones. That pick was traded, obviously. He didn't stick. They didn't have any picks the following two years. Their last three have been Colin, Darius, and Dylan Windler. They had traded for the pick of Kevin Porter. They didn't officially select him. So it's been pretty bad. Some of the and right before, Christian Ienga was a first round pick. In 2006, they took Shannon Brown in the first round. He had his moments, but wasn't great. In 2004, they took Luke Jackson at number 10. They took the Sagna Jop at number 8 out of high school in 2001. It was too bad Jamal Crawford didn't pan out. He didn't even stay. They traded him before he ever played a game in 2000. But there have been some bad ones. We're ranking some of the worst. I mean, Anthony Bennett's selection has to be the worst. He lasted one year. They packaged him for Kevin Love, which was great, but he just... He did nothing in Cleveland that year. Zip. Uh, Justin Harper never played for the Cavs. Milan Macavan. I'm not sure if I pronounced that. Or Massavon. He never even played in the NBA. Look at 2012. Tyler Zeller lasted in Cleveland a few years, then got traded to Boston to help get LeBron to town. So looking at that, 
Crowder, Cunningham, James. I mean, Crowder was is the only guy that's panned out in the NBA out of these three. Cunningham did have a later stint with the Cavs as well, but just proved to be an athletic guy. Bernard James, uh, Frenchman, did not do too great in the NBA. Played a few years in Dallas. Sergey Karasov, a mega bust. After one year in Cleveland, he was traded to Brooklyn with Jarrett Jack to help free the salary to get LeBron, of course, and along with Marcus Thornton. His year was forgettable. He's supposed to be the next sharpshooter. Obviously, Kara Felix didn't pan out. Joe Harris has been a great NBA player, and I'm very happy about that. It just stinks that it happens away from Cleveland. Tyus Jones could have been solid for the Cavs. Obviously, never played. Collins been fantastic. A a stellar selection in 2018 at number eight. I mean, they even asked him what his pitch to LeBron would be. He's like, let's win. You and me, Bron, let's go. He was just drafted and love to hear the confidence of a guy that hasn't even played for your franchise and just put on a hat for a first time. So Darius Garland, we're going to find out more about that selection. They just missed on DeAndre Hunter by one pick. So he's who they ended up going with, Colin Sexton, or Darius Garland. He had some great moments. He also had some terrible ones. Dylan Windler to be seen. He was taken at number 26. Cows have not done well. In that that mid-20s area, Shannon Brown at 25, Jared Cunningham 24, Tyus Jones obviously didn't stick at 24, so we'll see if he's the first guy to get in that spot that thrives. I do think Windler's going to be good, you know, small, small college guy, Belmont. He joins the likes of Ian Clark, who won a ring with Golden State. He was also a sharpshooter at Belmont. It hasn't translated to the pro level, however, so maybe a little concern. But he missed his whole rookie season. He's going to come back healthy. So, obviously, Anthony Bennett's the worst. Carrick Felix, Sergey Karasov just stinks how many draft busts there are. By the way, Deion Waiters in 2012, number four. He had a very nice Cavs career. And there was always a rift, a, a supposed rift between he and Kyrie. I don't think ever existed. But, you know, happy that he did well there and hoping that he can potentially get his ring playing with LeBron again in L.A. It did not work out in Cleveland with, with them as he was part of the J.R. Smith and Iman Shumpert Hall. But that'll do it for this edition of Across the Cavs. Always great to come on, talk some Cavs, you know, looking back at some of the draft decisions, talk about our old pal J.C. Excited to see how things go for the Cavs this summer. A lot to ha- is going to happen. Contract decisions, free agency, a critical draft for the development in a full offseason of J.B. Bickerstaff, they finally have a coach that looks like he could be here for the long haul. So until next time, I'm Zach Weiss, and this has been Across the Cat.